Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Can We Get Real for a Few Minutes. My name is Elvin Pizarro, and I have a special guest with me here today. I got my friend Chris. How you doing, man? Good, Mr. Elvin. How are you? I'm doing Thanks good. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, for those that uh, don't know, let me give you a little backstory uh, about Chris. Chris and I, we've been uh, friends for a very long time. I mean, for years, right? I mean, I didn't, uh, how long have we known each other? 15 years, maybe. Oh, my God. Seems like forever. <laughs> I've known you longer than I've known my wife and most of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Chris and I, we, uh, we've, been come, we've, been, we've become very good friends throughout the years, even though we've been coworkers for a long time. And, uh, you know, we've, we have these candid conversations, and most of them are political. And uh, I remember back in the day when uh, we first started getting into a political conversation, I used to vote left a lot. I was one of those people, for those that don't, don't know, and, you know, I preach this all the time, but I used to be very, very liberal, very liberal. And then you started paying taxes. Then I started paying taxes. <laughs> and I'm like, man, why is this happening? You know, and uh, I started getting more into, you know, politics and really understanding how it works. And then I and I I learned, and, and not only that, but talking with Chris and talking with uh, our boss at the time, uh, you know, they kind of took me out of the out of the dark side and brought me into the light and showed me the light, and uh, kind of uh, showed me how the Democrat Party was not the party for me, and uh, that kind of sets the the tone of how, what this conversation is going to be about. Um, but Chris um, kind of showed me a few things, and uh, that's kind of what, what we want to talk about today. And let me tell you something, Chris. I know that this this podcast is not a coincidence. You know why I know? How's that? Because the text that you sent me, I know, wasn't for me, hmm. right? <laughs> I'm glad to be a part of your life. That's all I can say. There's a lot of things that have happened in strange timing yeah, yeah. over the past couple of weeks. So, yeah. so this, is, this is supposed to happen. I don't believe in coincidences. So Chris sent me a text the other day, and I'm thinking, what is this guy talking about? Because it's not for me. I knew it wasn't for me, but he texted me. I responded, and now we're here recording it. You know, So God works in mysterious, mysterious ways, man. So, But we, we want to uh, touch a, a very uh, sensitive topic. It's not very, I don't think it's sensitive. I think it's very controversial extremely controversially yes and a lot of you might not agree with us but that's okay that's what makes this country great you can disagree with us and no one's going to go to your house and lynch you you know so today uh i don't even know how to how to uh categorize this conversation we're about to have but if you have any any opinions on anything that we're going to talk about today please feel free uh, to write it on our comment section of this audio. If you're listening through iHeartRadio, if you're listening to through Pandora, if you're listening through uh, any wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Facebook and YouTube or any podcast for, uh, format, you can type in the comment section. We will receive it, and hopefully, we'll do this again, and we can answer your your questions or your comments uh, on our next podcast. Um, so let's get get started. So we um. Chris, Chris and I, whenever we engage in, in conversation, we always like to talk about things that offend people. And the reason we like to do that is because it's real. It's something that's realistic. You know, it, I always have a saying that if something offends you, that's because we're saying the truth. And, you know, Chris had an, uh, an interesting um, spring last year. And uh, Chris, why don't you start us out by explaining to the audience what happened to you and your wife, right? Yeah, yeah, she's a, she's a teacher in a school district in southeast Wisconsin here. So she's kind of witnessed a lot of, you know, what seems to be a pretty hot topic now mm -hmm. in Wisconsin. Um, 
So there's a lot of debate about this. There's a lot of controversy back and forth and people on both sides of the argument. So I've tried to you know, gain perspective and understand exactly how both sides feel about this. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that I brought up is there's some things that are objectively wrong, like murdering your friend, for example. Is that wrong? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Subjectively wrong, telling a lie. Maybe, maybe not. But uh, in the schools in Wisconsin, uh, everybody's been seeing this erupt in all of the districts. You've got Waukesha, Wauwatosa, which is the hot zone right now. Mm-hmm. And everybody's talking about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've got Kettle Moraine and Wausau and various schools throughout Wisconsin. So seeing this happen in our school district was kind of concerning to me. And um, just the process by which it unfolded was very enlightening, put it that way. Yeah. So basically what uh, what had happened was we went to, or I went to the school, uh, my daughter's school earlier in the spring to pick her up for an orthodontist appointment. And, uh, you know, most parents don't spend too much time inside of the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, while I was there, I, I observed um, right away when walking into the office, um, about 15 different instances of rainbow flags. In rainbow flags in the school, in inside the, the school, in the office, yeah. So now this is a public school we're talking about, right? Correct, yeah, middle wow. school. Wow. Uh, just to be clear, but yeah. so I just kind of noticed it, but then um, in seeing the secretaries, there's three secretaries inside of the office. There's um, each of them have their own desk. So mm-hmm. at each of the desks, there was about three to four instances. Plus, there was this huge sign at the entrance that said, Benvenido, welcome, mm-hmm. but then they also had a rainbow welcome in there. And I'm thinking, okay, this is a little excessive. I think there's somewhat of an objective here. Yeah, um, yeah. So carried that information with me, had a follow-up uh, concern with the principal about a week later where I brought this up to her saying, hey, can we have a meeting and talk about this? And uh, that's how it all started. So it, did the principal actually accept that your, your invitation for this meeting? Did she say, yeah? Yes. Or he say yeah? Yes, she did. We had an in-person meeting uh, where I was just basically trying to understand the objective. Like, okay, so I see this a lot and I've heard from the students now that this exists to the same degree within the hallways mm-hmm. and in the classrooms, mm-hmm. uh, multiple students. Uh, so I was concerned by this. I wanted to find out what was true. And uh, in our meeting, I was able to gather some insight and this, this whole process has been a super long thing. So it's been, uh, since the spring of last year. So the end of the 2021 school year. Um, but our meeting basically pointed out, um, and this is kind of tough to talk about because it's absolutely so emotional on both sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the principal had this safe space sticker on her laptop, right? Yeah, on the yeah. outside. It's got the rainbow colors. Mm-hmm. It says um, accepting, inclusive, diversive, or diversity, safe space for all people. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the bottom of that, there's a political organization. And these stickers are on essentially every door throughout the school. Really? Like every door? The wow. teachers, yeah. Yeah. So I asked her about how, how these got there. Like, what was the process that this happened? Yeah. And... And she basically said that somebody within the school, you know, contacted by an outside organization, brought them inside of the school mm-hmm. um, and asked if they'd be willing to display them. And wow. This was the same at the other middle school and the other uh, high school. And they basically agreed because the message in itself is great. Yeah. You know, accept everyone, welcome everyone. Everyone is good. Mm-hmm. But what I tried to point out to her through my you know, past and my experiences with this is that this is the universal symbol for gay pride, right. the rainbow, right. and all of the trans 
flags, defend trans lives, mm-hmm. posters, uh, everything that was throughout the building, that this actually had another meeting there or meaning. Yeah. There was alternate agenda and purpose behind this sticker. Yeah. And that the idea of inclusion was not the exclusive focus of the sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So trying to teach her this and show her what I learned. But then the other thing, and this has been very controversial um, on Facebook over the last three weeks, because initially in the spring, what I had done was that I told the principal principal that I was going to try to let them work it out and determine what was appropriate. Mm -hmm. I had met with the superintendent of the school district back then also to um, tell him my concerns and an overview of my walkthrough with the principal. And what they had concluded was that this was no violation of policy. There was nothing wrong with this. They did recognize that the creep of symbolism did have an impact, but there was nothing actually being done that was wrong within the school district. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we walked through the classrooms, uh, the principal and I, and I pointed out, um, I'm trying to teach her perspective, show her my perspective. And we'd walk into a random classroom and I would tell her like, okay, this teacher, um, you know, they've got a Packers flag up. They got a Badgers flag up. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a Wisconsin sports logo up. Yeah. I'm thinking this teacher clearly likes sports. Oh, this yeah. is something they're passionate about. Yeah. And you could tell because their room is a reflection of what they are passionate about. Right. And we walk into another classroom. We're like, okay, this teacher likes Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. This teacher, you know, that it's probably a math math room because of all the numbers all over the place. But then I started pointing out all the symbols in the classrooms and in the hallways and to try to share perspective with her, I, I stood in the center of one hallway and within a 10 foot radius around me, I counted the stickers, like just doing a little circle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I was like eight rainbow stickers in a 10 foot radius right here. Are we trying to socially condition kids to believe or accept an ideology, mm-hmm. you know, which in my opinion does not belong in the schools? Yeah. So we carried our walkthrough, we went to the library of the middle school and it was entirely rainbows, you know, wow. before, before June, gay pride yeah. month, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that was part of it, but just like I had done in all the classrooms, I'd pointed out the, the way the room was laid out. It's like, okay, well, like what, what sticks out to you in this room when you look at this room? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just walk through and look this poster right here. Huge. What is it? Okay. We walk up to it. It's on an easel. It's a, about a little book or a boy carrying a book in his hand and mm-hmm. it's a rainbow colored book and stuff. It's like, okay, this is clearly LGBTQ. Right. Let's look at the next thing. What do you see? Okay. This right here, let's go up to it. Another LGBTQ book. And the idea that I was trying to present to her was that I feel like there is some sort of biased influence going on here that is trying to influence the children, on yeah. which books to select. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this occurred multiple times throughout the, uh, the rooms, but, um, she couldn't see. She couldn't make the connection. She's yeah. like, well, I I told her I don't know anything about the library media specialist here, but you do. Yeah. But I would venture to guess that she's, you know, probably aligns with this. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. shows support elsewhere. Oh, yeah. And so, so let me ask you something. What's the what's the if, if they're trying to um, teach inclusion? Why not gay pride? Why not gay pride? Or, or why? Why? Yeah. So you're, you're telling me basically you have an issue with um, and I and I get your point. But what's the problem with them if they're trying to teach inclusion? Um, what's the problem with gay pride? 
Okay, so there is no problem with gay pride, but let me tell you this. If this is about inclusion, you would think that there would be equal representation. There mm-hmm. would be other symbolism shown mm-hmm. equally in, mm-hmm. in the same excess. Yeah. So no BLM flags throughout the school, no back the badge flags, no ultra mega or whatever the Trump slogan is. There's none of that throughout the building, Yeah. Um, including no crosses, no religious symbolism. This, this is not equal representation. Right. So one of the arguments and one of the greatest points that I heard from a parent throughout this was like, if this is about inclusion and equity and stuff, why are we literally singling out a single group of, you know, minority of students? And elevating them higher mm-hmm. and giving them more preference, you know, in the fall under the false guise of bullying yeah. and safety. It's like that is not the definition of equality. Right, right. You're right. absolutely right. Yeah. So I brought uh, the summary of our meeting to the superintendent of the school district. Well, you actually went all the way to the superintendent. Yeah. Wow. We had a two hour meeting. And yeah. they're I learned throughout this process that they're careful yeah. with what they do. Oh, they, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And since then I've had maybe a dozen more meetings and I've spoken at school board uh, meetings caused a huge stir. So at the end of the meeting with the superintendent, the conclusion was that it was best for the district to maintain its reputation Mm -hmm. to basically just let them handle this. That They were going to address it, that the information would be brought to the school board and that they could talk about it. Yeah. I did send notifications to the school board at that time too with a entire summary of our meeting. So they're going to, they're going to talk about it over the summer is my idea. Yeah. Right. So the one thing that I'd asked the superintendent at the end of the meeting was that, well, actually I'd asked him four things. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, you know, go for yourself, observe, see what yeah. is in the school, determine what's appropriate. Uh, talk to some of the teachers, talk to the principal. Um, but I asked him, I said, I want you guys to have a meeting about this. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to create some sort of focus group, or uh, just talk yeah. with the principals, the parents, the school board. And um, he declined that request. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, to me, my takeaway from this meeting was that they were afraid of legal ramifications. Mm-hmm. They were afraid of ticking off really good teachers, mm-hmm. you know, that do support this or families because face it, it's controversial. You pull the rainbow flags off all the doors in the Mm -hmm. school, Mm -hmm. people are going to notice and they'll be upset about it. So fast forward through the summer, um, I told the superintendent that if they didn't do anything about it, that I was going to, you know, create public awareness. And so go to the open house at the beginning of the school year and the same stuff exists. Okay. Except that this time I noticed something else and it was worse. And this is the biggest controversy. There was a political talk show um, radio host here in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His name is Dan O'Donnell oh, yeah. and also Mark Belling. So they're very yeah. well-known conservative talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually read one of the books that we had discovered in the r- library on air. So let, let's talk about that. So how did you, let's talk, let's go back. Tell us how you discovered this book. What, how did you know about this book? Okay. So at the open house, walking around, I decided to peek into the library and see if anything had changed. Yeah. And I had taken some photographs of the shelves, just random bookshelves. Um, and what I'd seen in the spring was that on the outer binding of the bookshelves, there were stickers that said LGBTQ. So they were mm. acknowledged that these were, you know, queer literature, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they had removed those in the fall when I went to look back. And the thing that I did see that was disturbing was that 80%, 90%, 
you know, from the photos as I collected mm-hmm. of the forward facing books, meaning the covers on the books are facing forward okay. for the child to see mm-hmm. were LGBTQ preference books. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. So mm-hmm. one of these things is not like the other. So I looked into these books uh, through my photographs that I had taken home and I did a little bit of research and I'm like, wow, this is entirely inappropriate. Yeah. This is not 11 year old safe, mm-hmm. safe content. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of how that started. Yeah. Yeah. So this book, uh, do you want to say the name of the book? Yeah. The, the one that Dan O'Donnell read on air and he was, he was very cautious with what words he used. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's saying they could pull my FCC license on this, that the content is legitimate porno and yeah. children should not be exposed to this. Yeah. And, um, a lot of people agree with that, but apparently some people are for that. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't about banning literature. This is about protecting the minds of our children. So oh, absolutely. The, the title of the book was all boys aren't blue. It was a memoir by some author. I don't, I don't even know his name, but yeah. there's been a lot of controversy about this particular book throughout States in mm-hmm. the United States here. Uh, eight, eight districts did ban this book yeah. or eight states did ban this book for children. And um, we had the, we had our daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, we asked her once we found out that this book was in the library amongst other, like other really what we consider to be inappropriate titles. And, and this is a middle school age child you have. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So this, this could be a subjective debate. I mean, some people might say, okay, I'm okay with my kids reading, you know, about the Holocaust or I'm okay mm-hmm. with my kids reading about, you know, horror things like Stephen King or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, as far as sexual and political stuff, we, we kind of believe that that doesn't belong in the schools itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We'd rather see, you know, parents have authority over this. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're living in an age now that we're we're at war with, uh, a lot of ideology and you see it whenever you, uh, turn on your TV and you, uh, you read these or you listen to these political, uh, candidates nowadays, you know, that the, the first thing they want to talk about is, oh, look at this candidate. He's uh, refusing LGBTQ rights. And even when you turn on, and this is something interesting, and I'm glad you brought this up about the book, because the the me personally, Chris, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of th- th- slice in through your conversation. They, I subscribe to Disney Plus, right? I love Disney Plus. My kids love Disney Plus. And I was uh, scrolling through Disney Plus because I'm a big Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. But I decided, you know what, let me go in and see what the kids section looks like, you know, because Disney Plus, you, you associate Disney with children's, you know, literature or Disney's cartoons or things for children. I saw a program there that almost had me cry. And the program, and I'm sure you've seen it or I'm sure you've heard of it, it's called Out. Yeah. Out. Now, this is a cartoon in the children's section on Disney Plus. So... The first thing that came to my mind was this is war. This is war. This is the the devil at play here, you know, because how how are they going to feed this poison to our children? How are they going to say that having two moms is okay or having two moms is the correct way? Because it's something it it's one thing to our kids are always going to know about what's going on. They're always going to know about sex. They're always going to know about, you know, the LGBTQ. That's something that's always going to be around. And I'm not going to deny that. But for them to push it like they're pushing it now, I look at it as war. It's war. And it makes me sad because especially in the schools, they're pushing this with no prejudice. I mean, they're just pushing it. They don't care what the parents say. They don't have it. They don't care. The uh, 
like you said the other uh, earlier that there's no crosses. You don't see the word Jesus on the doors. You don't see uh, Martin Luther King's birthday. For Martin Luther King's birthday, you don't you don't see that many you know Martin Luther King stickers everywhere. For you know you know Black uh, African American Day, uh, Puerto Rican parade, Mexican parade, uh, German parade, anything or a German Day, you don't see anything. But they like to push this gay agenda. So can I share two disturb, disturbing, in my opinion, stories with you Absolutely. that surfaced this week? So I've been the outward face of public awareness for this now for about mm-hmm. a month. Yeah. And parents have associated me through all of the drama that has occurred on social media. Now, are you are you part of, of any type of group that is fighting this with like any parent group or, or any type of social media group? I mean, is it something that started that you know of that you can maybe share with us that you know, who's fighting this? Yeah. Since I, since I went public with, you know, my discoveries within the district, mm-hmm. uh, I was contacted by a lot of people, yeah. uh, several people of political organizations, surprisingly yeah. saying like, okay, share the details with us. Cause we're trying to use this for, for fire. Basically we need ammunition to, you know, try to reinforce our belief that this is actual an agenda. Yeah. So yes, and I've spoken with other school district board members, uh, presidents, you know, people who have been actively fighting within other school districts to see reform and change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've been associated and branded as a person of you know, who's in the fight, I guess is the best way to say it. And yeah. This week, okay, two parents, two moms from other school districts in Southeast Wisconsin contacted me with their stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, three other moms, initially when this first started, had contacted me with their stories. So you've got things like teachers introducing themselves to their classroom on the first day of the school saying, I am a lesbian. My name is yeah. this teacher name. I'm not going to call her out on air right now. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, And then finding out that that teacher is the leader of the Gay Straight Alliance Club in the middle school. I didn't ever go anywhere in my life and say, hi, my name is Chris. I'm a two-spirited pansexual. Mm -hmm, For mm -hmm. those kids who do not know what that means, it means that, you know, and then uh, other parents talking, saying, what are your pronouns? What are your, so that's a common thing. You've heard that before. So people asking, what are your pronouns to kids on the first day of school? Where it gets disturbing though, is can we tell your parents about this? Mm. Do they know about your preferred gender identity? Mm -hmm. That's wrong. We Mm -hmm. shouldn't be hiding stuff from parents. So this week, mom number one of a K-5, a five-year-old, her daughter uh, came home and told her that she was sad because she couldn't check out a book in the library. Mm. Um, and this was a book that the librarian had read to the K-5 class. Yeah. She also told the students in that class, you cannot tell your parents about this. Wow, Some parents really? would not approve of this book. Mm-hmm. So the mom, completely distraught, doesn't know what to do about this. Yeah. You know, because... Now, these are behaviors of sexual predators, honestly, saying, don't tell your parents. Mm-hmm. This is our little secret. Yeah. No, you can't do that. So mm-hmm. that's story one. Mm-hmm. Story two happened from an elementary school in our district, also five-year-old uh, class. And this boy came home telling his mom that, hey, mom, I can be a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned that in the library reading thing today. Mm-hmm. And it was another controversial book. So I've I've seen the titles of both of these books. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to provide details on them because these parents, they're still fighting the fight right now with the districts and they're going to present this as disturbing. Like, Mm -hmm. so basically the takeaway from this is that there is an agenda. There are people out there and I've heard conspiracy theories and this is where it gets kind of whacked out, but it could be true that Mm -hmm. there are allegations that within the state of Wisconsin, the department of instruction 
sent out an edict or is giving funding or something to some private organization to help sponsor and introduce this kind of curriculum into schools. Mm -hmm. So this is on the state level now. So districts kind of have their own little authority thing. And this has kind of been outside of, you know, the district authority, the state level. Yeah. They, they set the directive basically for Mm -hmm. the, the lower age or all the schools in Wisconsin. Yeah. And imagine paying some sort of private organization that has an LGBTQ agenda to teach kids how to do something under the false guise of something else. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I genuinely believe there is an objective here to yeah. you know, socially condition and brainwash children so that, you know, it's like an idea. You know, if you ever seen that movie Inception. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they plant an idea into the head of the person. <laughs> And the power of the idea grows so that they think it's their own idea. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing is true with seeds. If you plant a seed in the ground, it's going to grow into a specific type of tree. What they're doing right now is planting seeds into the minds of children yeah. so that when they grow, their beliefs are changed and their behaviors are changed mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. the ideas that were implanted into their brains early on. Yeah. So do you believe, Chris, and let's go, let's go back a little bit. So what, what exactly is the problem with... Um, teaching this in the school. Why do you think it's, it's such a, a bad seed to, to teach this in the school? What do you think the ultimate goal is for, for the schools or that, for this organization that you're, that you're talking about? That comes back down to the subjective, objective truth. You know, some things with parents are subjective. Okay, so let me ask you a question, Elvin. At what age is the appropriate age for your children mm-hmm. to start having sex? Is it five years old, six years old, 10 years old, 15? Is it high school? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is an important question. Mm -hmm. And there's other subjective things that, you know, parents can try to argue, but really it's about the, the individual, you know, parental rights that they get to choose what's best for their child, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to things that are typically not associated with the public schools, Yeah, like sexual behaviors uh, outside of an approved curriculum, Mm -hmm. political beliefs. You don't want your kid going to school thinking that, you know, the political you know, leader that you support yeah. is a communist or right, right. evil, you know? So there's certain things that don't belong in the school mm-hmm. and these authorities should belong to the parents. But when we allow this stuff to perpetuate and these ideas of gender ideology to be reinforced into the minds of children, mm-hmm. what it does is it, it basically takes away that right from the parents to have that conversation first with the kid. So when a teacher introduces herself as a lesbian and says, I'm a lesbian. That basically means that I like to, you know, Mm -hmm. do this stuff with women and stuff. Right. Is it best to learn that from a teacher or should that come from the home? Mm -hmm. Do you, do you believe the schools are just being proactive or they're just being reactive to the, to what's going on right now? You could say that, but when a district has a policy that says nothing political or sexual should be taught to schools and it's a violation of the handbook, Mm Mm-hmm. Subjectively, you could say that this is or is not, you mm-hmm. know, to teach kids about that. But if it if it wasn't such a big deal, why all the controversy right now? Why are so many parents objecting to this and having problems with this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why why is it that the schools? Why why do you think that the schools really do not want to listen? Because I, I believe that 
most parents do not want this in the schools. And you can talk about that, you know, when it comes to the LGBTQ curriculum or even the uh, the new uh, curriculum that they're trying to introduce now, which is, um, I forget the name of it, the uh, with the Black Lives Matter people. Um, they're, they're trying to introduce this new uh, critical thinking. Yep, critical race theory. Exactly. And, that and white the, people are born inherently evil. Mm-hmm. Now, they're, they're, they're very, the schools nowadays, and I, and I realize this, that they're, very, they're pushing a very dangerous agenda with all this curriculum that's coming up right now. But why do you think that the schools really do not pay attention to the parents and they really don't care what the parents have to say? Because I, I, I've heard of school board meetings and I've heard that some school board meetings even came to fist fights at the end, uh, whether it's from the left or whether from the right or it doesn't matter. But it, it comes to blows at the end and people are very passionate about this. But the schools really do not listen. They don't care. It's not so much that they don't care. Okay, mm-hmm. so you've got your school board, right? Mm-hmm. The school board is elected by the people, and they are there to institute policy for the specific districts. Mm-hmm. So some school boards are you know, liberal. Mm-hmm. Some are very conservative. So conservative cities tend to have more conservative school boards. Um, with my meeting with the superintendent, what I had learned was that there's this fear. It's an unspoken fear, right? Yeah. yeah. So a majority of your teachers are going to be liberal. Anybody will acknowledge that and admit it. And Mm -hmm. the superintendent did also admit this, that, yeah, I would agree that majority of my teachers are mostly liberal Mm -hmm. or tend to align with this type of ideology. So as an administrator, you go out and try to put some policy into place like this that says, we're going to take down a symbolism that you believe in, that you support, that you align with. It's going to upset some some of your valued faculty, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that you want to do because first off, teachers right now are hard to find. Yeah. And a lot of, well, here regionally, I, I know that to be true. Yeah. So you've got the fear that you're going to upset them, that you're going to create some sort of backlash. Um, and talking to the Waukesha school board, mm-hmm. I guess I'll, I'll just leave it at that. They had said something about the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to sue the district for a policy that they had recently put into place that essentially banned any rainbow symbolism or LGBTQ uh, images. And the ACLU couldn't make a case against Waukesha, Mm -hmm. from what I've heard. There's nothing. They got nothing because they did it through a squeaky clean process that basically covered their backs. So this is policy. We're enforcing policies. Sorry. So Mm -hmm. there's this fear, and I noticed this with the school board meetings that I've been to. They they don't want to touch it. They don't want to talk about it yet without first being advised by their legal teams in Mm -hmm. the district. Mm -hmm. So fear is the controlling factor right now. That's what that's that's my response. Yeah, yeah, Chris. Let's dig down a little deeper, okay? And I want to really, I really want to pick your brain on this subject, okay? And since we're in the, the, the subject of, you know, LGBTQ and the, the curriculum that these schools are pushing, you know, with, with, the, with the gay agenda, I call it the gay agenda. Um, let's dig down a little deeper. And I, wanna, I, want, you, I want you to uh, tell me this. Do you believe there are more than two genders? It's <laughs> a great question. Um, no. Why is that so funny? Because it's the question that everybody asks. No, there's <laughs> there's a thousand genders and there's more being added every day. <laughs> you can't. No, there's not more than two genders. And I, I personally struggle with 
somebody who identifies as trans yeah and it's a boy and they're claiming to be a woman mm -hmm. like the whole bruce jenner thing for example back when he came out as caitlin mm -hmm. i was like that's a dude yeah <laughs> yeah so wait a minute, but you're not a, a biologist. You're not a scientist. So right now, if I say I identify as a girl, who are you to tell me that I'm not a girl? 500 years from now, when archaeologists dig up your body, yeah, they're going to know conclusively this was a Puerto Rican male. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's 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 easy. That's through genetics. I mean, that is what it is, mm -hmm. that you are, mm -hmm. you have this specified amount of chromosomes. And Gender identities is a little bit different. Like mm -hmm. that's how you identify. So you can be whoever you want to be. And the ideology itself is toxic. Yeah. When you allow it to just grow the imagination without, without rules, anything can be, and it does not have to observe objective reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Chris, do you believe that everything that we've talked about today is a political agenda? It, it, it's not, it's more of a, not a social kind of uh, problem, but more of a political problem. No, I don't think so. I think I think this is the current trendy thing. It's the social contagion right now. So everybody's focusing on it. You get these ideas. There's, you know, you and I, we've worked in schools mm -hmm. over the past, you know, two decades a lot. Mm -hmm. And when working with children, you kind of, you know, you get to see the trends in their behaviors. Mm -hmm. And in the last three years, I've never seen so many cross-dressing you know, openly gen different gender other than what they're assigned. And I think that there's this this degree of positive and negative reinforcement that kids are getting through these behaviors. Mm -hmm. And they're recognizing that they're getting additional, they're getting additional, you know, attention yeah. by acting in these some, same ways, yeah. you know, and acting like a boy, you know, whether it's positive or negative. And mm -hmm. if you look back to the the 90s, Remember the goth thing? Oh, yeah. Where absolutely. everyone was dressing up and... Goth, the emo, or... You had the whole Marilyn Manson thing, yeah. and then... Yeah, so... Does that still exist right now? Has that kind of died off? I, I think I, so. You think so? I feel like it's less. I feel like yeah. we have a new social contagion, and it is it is this, that you can be anything you your heart imagines mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to be. But the problem is that when these ideas start when they're very young, mm -hmm. the kids they're going to build on these beliefs and yeah. they're going to basically rock solid set a foundation for the rest of their lives that might not be reversible. And that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I agree. I totally agree. If, if you guys uh, remember, if, if you want, if you have an opinion, if you have a question for Mr. Chris here, please write it on the comment section of this audio or this video. We'll be more than happy to share it with you or to answer your questions and uh, read your comment on, on the next uh, podcast. Um, but Chris, I, I want to keep picking your brain a little bit about this subject. And uh, I remember when uh, in the company we used to work for, uh, there were a lot of, uh, you know, it's one of the products that we, uh, that we give or some of the products that uh, we offer had male, had female, had mom, had dad, yeah. had, you know, it was very gender specific. And I remember we received a phone call one day of a teacher <laughs> that, <laughs> that said, do you have any gender, gender neutral products? And the boss said, no, we don't. And I, and I don't know, I don't remember if we kept their business or they just completely fired us from their, uh, from their program. But I just remember thinking that here we go. It, it, it has begun where every school now 
it's starting to teach this. But my question to you is, how do we combat this? Even though, you know, we, me and you understand what's going on, we see what's going on, how do we combat this? Bringing it back to the company. So they started packaging things by female and male. So imagine taking an object that, you know, could be associated with males or females and assigning a gender to it and saying mm -hmm. that this is specifically for females. You know, that's part of the controversy right now. And combating it isn't necessarily the objective. I think I think one of the most important things that we can do here is gain perspective. You know, if we can understand each other, if we could communicate, if we could do what I had initially asked for mm -hmm. and have dialogue about this, you know, understand the the needs of the other side of this argument. Like, what do they believe? What do they want? Mm -hmm. How do they feel? How can we come to a mutual understanding to accomplish this specific goal of eliminating bullying for LGBTQ students, which yeah. um, statistically is maybe 9% of the, the kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So your problem isn't with the LGBTQ community, right? So for example, if you have a friend that's homosexual, you wouldn't have a problem with them. Or a mom. Or a know, mom. And her girlfriend and other sure. family members and friends and right. people who raise me. Yeah, no, I have no problem so with them. So let's get down to the meat and potatoes of this. So what really is the problem? So is your problem that the schools are pushing this to the extent that they are now? Or your problem is that you believe they're they're being proactive and they're starting to, they, they, like, for example, this is a creation of, of us. This, this, you know, all these children growing up in the LGBT community is a product of what we are teaching them now. Or are, do you believe that we're just being reactive in the fact that we're just creating a safe space for them? I spoke with one administrator and he had said that when I present information, I present both sides of the coin. I'll mm -hmm. tell them the conservative view, the liberal view, and alternate views. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that. That was one of the most genuine responses I heard that basically we're giving the information to the kids and letting them you know, decide on certain subjects, like when they're older. So mm -hmm. there's age appropriate things that should be discussed in a timely manner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, as far as introducing ideas of sexuality to kids, that should belong to the parents. You yeah. know, schools are supposed to be a source of education. Mm -hmm. Stick to the curriculum. Do not introduce personal agenda. If mm -hmm. I am a, like a zealot religious Christian, right? And I believe in God and the Bible and Jesus Christ and I'm a teacher mm -hmm. and I bring that into my classroom and try to enforce that belief on other kids mm -hmm. in the classroom. Is that wrong? Mm. I don't know. Technically in the public space. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to have this kind of thing be taught in the public schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The same is true with this gender ideology. Yeah. This is kind of a social belief more than anything that does not it doesn't align with curriculum. It doesn't align with actual public education to some degree. And if it does, it shouldn't be the sole objective or a primary focus that gets so much attention that it's overwhelming to the yeah. point where there's 80 different symbols in a little hallway. Mm -hmm. That's excessive. Mm -hmm. that's, that's horrible in my opinion. So, <laughs> so what's next, Chris? What's going on? What's, what's next in the fight with you? You know, do you have anything planned? Any yeah, rallies. Rallies. That's the way. That's the way to go. So I almost feel like, <laughs> you know, the whole uh, Project Veritas or WikiLeaks or any of these people who are dropping information. So I'm learning a lot of information mm -hmm. in the, mm -hmm. like that's being presented to me, and it's evidences. Yeah. And there's certain things that 
these evidences that are exposing corruption, right? Mm-hmm. So when somebody finds out that kids are being read books about changing their sex beliefs mm-hmm. in a school when it's against a policy, it's kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. And my next step would be to continue to bring public awareness. So I've got a couple bits of information that I've been holding on to. Mm-hmm. And the thing I've noticed is that these public administrators or the school administrators, what they'll try to do is they'll try to have a phone call with you. Yeah. They'll try to meet you in person. The things that are incriminating, that are damaging, that they don't want the public to know because it goes against something else that they said or a policy, mm-hmm. they tend to try to keep it to themselves. Yeah. So the parents that have come to me, I'm, I'm trying to encourage them like, yes, we recognize this is true. On a local TV station covering the Wauwatosa School District where mm-hmm. they're teaching kinder- kindergartners about body parts and labels and whatnot, yeah. this week there was a local TV station. It was a Fox station. And they had to blur out the images that they were showing to kindergartners in the school. Really? Yeah. yeah. They, couldn't, they couldn't show them on air. The book that we discovered in the book, yeah. you know, when Dan O'Donnell was reading it, yeah. he basically said, like, I'm worried they're going to pull my FCC license because of the content that's in here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think taking the things that are objectively wrong and eliminating them mm-hmm. and doing what we can to create awareness that like, here's another, here's another example. This is a great example. Each classroom has their own personal library in the school, right? Yeah. They, they've got their own little bookshelf in each classroom. The kids can go to this bookshelf to check out books. Mm-hmm. There's no oversight on that. There's right. no, at, I'm talking about our specific school too, not all schools in general. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that. There's no oversight on the literature that comes into that. So if teachers were primarily liberal and had some sort of personal agenda, which honestly everybody has their own agenda when yeah. it comes to you know, enforcing their beliefs on people sometimes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or so I've witnessed or observed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, these teachers, they can introduce whatever book that they want on the shelf and kind of condition the minds of the kids. So... Mm-hmm. By bringing this to the public light, I think what we're doing best is creating dialogue like I had requested. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really want us to talk about this and say, what is appropriate for the kids? What is healthy? Yeah. What is going to help achieve the objective and meet mutual, you know, common ground for both sides? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting topic, man. And, and you know what? And I, I, I'm glad we're having this conversation because it's, it's very rare, rare to find somebody um, to talk about this that actually has insight and really would talk about this in a very non-biased kind of way, in a way where I've had this conversation with other people before and they have they have a one-way, they have a, a kind of a tunnel vision way of thinking when it comes to this su- the subject, either think in a way that they're very right or very left, you know, and they always stick to the political issue on this. But Chris, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to pick your brain. I want to move away from the schools a little bit and I want to talk about big tech and their role in this because i believe personally that big tech has a has a big role big hand in this um what is your opinion on let's say for example apple we everyone knows that apple you know they they like to push this agenda you know google facebook all big tech what's your opinion on that what's their agenda well it's kind of the social norm now that's a collective idea that we need to get this into the minds of kids Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. uh, i think it was I know some people don't appreciate this, but uh, the whole Hitler Youth thing, mm-hmm. when they're trying to program the kids so that when they grow up, they align with yeah. you know, that particular belief. Mm-hmm. So 
there's Disney, right? Mm-hmm. There's Marvel. Any any recent Avengers or Marvel movie that you've seen, there's there's that addition, you know, that subtle yeah. little thing of my two dads or my my mm-hmm. two moms mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. it's a false guise to try to get people to not see the truth behind what's really happening. Yeah. And the the truth is that they really want to change society. And yeah. I think when society has its own set of rules that can do anything outside of the law or respect or, you know, the social norms of the past, maybe mm-hmm. that society is just going to change for the worse. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know that they want to destroy society. I can't say that, but they want to tear down those social norms that have existed in the past and try to rebuild them to support, you know, the people within their representation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I firmly believe that a man can be a woman and I get you to believe it and you're mm-hmm. in my, you're in my club now, like yeah. you, be, you believe with me, we're going to try to get as many people in our club as I can, as we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about the systematic change in society. That's really going to be disruptive in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as agenda, what do you think? Personally, I think they have the same agendas the schools do. But I think they're trying to condition us parents to think also that it's a norm because through they know if, if they reach the parents, now we believe that's the norm. We're going to teach our children that that's the norm. I think they're, they're, they're going after all the guns. When you're at war, you use every gun you have possible, every weapon that you can use. And I think that if they condition the parents, okay, because there are parents out there that still doesn't get it. And I think there's parents out there that still don't understand what's really going on. And, for example, when I open up my iPhone, the, and I open up my, let's say my browser, the first thing I see is a gay pride flag. Or if I uh, go to the Google or, or yeah, Google or even the Apple uh, update website on my computer or whatever, the first thing I see, gay pride. And that happened uh, during pride month last year. It, it was just pride all the time. Yeah. Every time. And, and, and not only that, Chris, I, I think that the, the, the big tech company, they have, um, how can I say this? It's in their best interest, okay, to push this, because look at look who's you know who they're funding, look who they're helping. You know they're you know, it, this can go deeper. Let's yeah, let's bring this down to politics. I, I really want to focus on that because yeah. I think you're onto something here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if I am a liberal politician and I'm fighting against conservatives. Mm-hmm. In order to get elected in our current, you know, representative republic, I have to get more liberals to vote for me or yes. people who align with me, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. these kind of ideologies kind of form the mental framework for somebody. Mm-hmm. You're, you're setting a framework for people's minds that if you believe in this, then you're going to tend to be more liberal. Yeah. If you support abortion, you're going to tend to be more liberal. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're creating and separating people's mindsets into classes mm-hmm. and you've got this liberal ideology and, and most people don't tend to go across the aisle when it comes to ideologies. It's like, I believe in abortion. I believe in gender ideology. Um, so I'm, I'm more of this. So you're going to vote that way. So if yeah. you can get people to join you on certain ideologies, you're going to create a new class. So that, that would seem to be the objective mm-hmm. and, Evidence of this would probably be the recent Facebook stuff about uh, Mark Zuckerberg donating X amount of dollars to, you know, the Democratic oh, yeah. candidates and whatnot. Yeah. Um, or any other 
big tech that's mm-hmm. trying to, you know, exclude certain information or give preference to mm-hmm. other information. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think that the funding, you know, that's that's what you really got to look at. Yeah. In Wisconsin, that whole allegation that I had brought up about the uh, funding going to a organization that is pushing this and training schools how to introduce this in the schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, who are these people? Where is the funding coming from? Where is the money coming from? Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to track because they're really good at it. So, oh yeah, good at hiding it, good at concealing it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think mm-hmm. that you look at the politicians behind the money or the people behind the money or the organizations behind the money. Who do these people support? Yeah. Do you believe we're doomed, you know, with this, these uh, elections that are coming <laughs> up now? Uh, you know what? Let me, I'll be honest with you, Chris. I saw the some numbers yesterday. You know how they take these polls and these colleges take these polls and what do they think? Who do they think is going to win? Kind of, kind of like to predict the future. And these numbers that I saw were very scary. And the, the, the first thing that my wife and I talked about was, here we go. You know, if, if the Democrats get into power, if they, they win the Senate, and then we have a Democratic mayor, another one, uh, and all these Democrat uh, uh, representatives, I think we're doomed. I don't think the numbers matter. Mm-hmm. I think they're useless when the system that's in place is being designed or modified so that you can introduce fraud into the system. Mm-hmm. So when there's so many different loopholes to getting a absentee ballot, yeah, and uh, the thing with Milwaukee recently where the mayor uh, was trying to do a get out the vote campaign mm-hmm, mm-hmm. funded by a democratic associated, you know, organization. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters when there's that much corruption mm. that are trying to sway the beliefs in the in- influence votes and suppress other votes. So, yeah. I mean, that happens. I'm not, I'm not saying it's on either side. It's true on both sides. Um, are we doomed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it sure seems like that, and it's very scary, you know. And I look at the kid by my face, the face of my kid, and it just kills me to know that they're going to be living in a society that's not fair for them. It's it's not going to be um, fair. It, it's just whatever the, the this political system wants to push, whatever the public school system wants to push, because you know kids' brains are like sponges right now. You know, they absorb whatever you throw at them and, and, you know, they spend more time in school than they do with us. So I believe as, as parents, we really have to, you know, first of all, I believe that we should raise our children in the church. It's, that's very important for me and my family. We have to re- raise our children in the church. That's the only way we're really going to get them to really understand and see what type of battle we're fighting right now. And us as parents, I think we have a responsibility that we have to, uh, show them the way, you know, and, and just like we're having conversation right now, this is the same conversation that we should be having with our kids, you know, and that's the way I think we can combat this, you know, because it's, it's, it's powerful. There's so much money behind this agenda. There's so much money behind uh, pushing this agenda, not only the, the, the gay agenda, but the, you know, black power or the, the whatever agenda, the, um, we just talked about it earlier the uh the critical uh, race critical race yeah. theory and all that there's so much money behind that i mean i can't compete with that myself i don't have the money to fight that so i think as parents we really have to do better as far as society goes i'm personally concerned with the you know con- conditioning of society so there's a collective mindset that the subconscious mm-hmm. mind of society tends to mm-hmm. tends mm-hmm. to follow the same sort of beliefs yeah. and um it's regional but it's also national i think that 
people's beliefs regionally might be a little bit differently, you know, on the West Coast than the East Coast, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, it's easy to go blank when you got so much information. No. So I I think I know where I was at. Let me get back on track here. Um, When you glorify school shootings and you glorify the shooter, Mm -hmm. for example, or right now the current hot topic thing is the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. Oh, Uh, my God. Yeah. Heard that. So they're they're really yeah. putting a strong microscope on Jeffrey Dahmer and his mm-hmm. behaviors. Mm-hmm. So you're magnifying this guy. If you look at society, most of society's talking about that, right? Mm-hmm. There it seems to be the thing. That it's, so trend, it's trendy. It's trendy. Yeah. yeah, it's very mm-hmm. trendy. Are we gonna create sociopaths of the future by bringing up something from the past? You know, look at the, the school shootings. They mm-hmm. they weren't this bad back in the day. No, no, absolutely not. But you give a kid with a story who's having trouble attention and you give another kid an idea that mm-hmm. that kid shot up an entire building of people mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden he's a superhero. Yeah. Do you know what I need to do in order to be a superhero? Exactly. That's what you're telling kids. So all of this stuff that we're pushing on kids is creating the society of the future, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's good, damaging or toxic, Statistically, if such a high percentage of transgender adults or teenagers commit suicide, yeah, why are we trying to move more people to being transgender? Mm-hmm. You hear all these stories of of girls that transition to boys mm-hmm. when they're young and don't know any better yeah. because honestly, they haven't even they know nothing when you're a kid. I think of myself; I knew nothing when I was a kid. Right. But when you get older, you know things start reality starts to set in and yeah. then they regret it and they can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, Chris, we're living in very, um, very scary time, man. And I, I think the battle starts now. I think we can't wait, uh, to, to really be proactive on this. And, you know, and I encourage, you know, churches to really continue to do what they're doing, you know, as far as teaching the Bible and teaching the truth and, you know, in, in parents, you know, if you're listening, please talk, have a conversation with your children about this topic, I think it's very important um, for them to know the other side because you can't depend on Facebook uh, to teach our kids. A lot of parents, and that's the, I think that's the problem that a lot of parents uh, have is that, you know, their kids are spending eight hours a day on Facebook. And, you know, of course, Facebook has their own agenda. And uh, and it's part of that, that agenda that we were talking about today. And if that's all that they're list- looking at, that's all that they're listening to, of course, that's all they're going to believe. So I think as parents, we really, really have to pay attention to that. Um, Chris, um, thank, uh, man, this, this has been a very interesting conversation. Is there anything else you want to, you want to add? Um, I would like to say kind of reinforcing what you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Parents get, get plugged in with your school, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. get connected with your kid, like ask them questions about their day. Yeah. Ask them these kind of questions. Are there anything that is happening in your day that your teacher is trying to tell you a certain thing mm-hmm. to believe or what not to look at? Like a five-year-old having a teacher tell them this is the kind of thing that is just between us. Mm-hmm. We're not going to tell your parents about this. That's creepy stuff. Man. You got to ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So get more involved. Uh, parents, I'd encourage you that you can contact me if you have any concerns or if you've witnessed anything or you just don't know what to do since it always helps to talk to somebody who's been through the process. So countless, countless meetings, countless administrators, countless board meetings, countless emails and phone calls. Uh, sometimes that's what it takes. So get involved with your local school district, get involved with your students 
education, find out the truth, set up a meeting with your administrators. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You as a parent with students in a school have access to the school. Yeah. Yeah. And parents just know that you have power in that voice. You have power. Um, Chris, I want to thank you again, really, for coming on to this podcast. Uh, again, if you guys want to get in touch with Chris and uh, you want to uh, have more information, please, uh, his uh, link will be posted in, in this video or it'll be posted in this audio file. So if you look in the, um, the not the comment section, but the information of this uh, soundbite, you will find information on Chris and how to reach him. Um, Chris, again, thank you for coming Thanks out lot, to this Mr. podcast, Elvin. man. It's been very interesting. And parents, remember, the, the, the fight's in your hands. It's up to you right now to change the course of what's happening right now. And we have the power to do so. Again, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening. Can we be real for a few minutes with Elvin? See you guys in the next one. Bye.